tis the season for overindulgence. The holidays are a difficult time for many of us to stay on track with our healthy choices. Matana Amen is joining us to share that it could be as simple as taking on a warrior mindset to a healthier holiday season on this episode of Live Happy Now. The ancient Greeks defined happiness as the joy you feel moving towards your potential. To think about positive psychology, it's a science, and it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. The reality is that social connection is, in the research, the greatest predictor we have of long-term happiness. You have some factors in your control that can promote the health and resilience and growth of your absolutely most important asset, which is your brain. And so it all comes down to understanding ourselves. There's a way for all of us to succeed, but, but it might take different things. We're all looking for the same thing, and that's a way to bring a little bit more joy to our day. Join us as we look at the many different paths that lead us to that happy place. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings and welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I am your host, J.R. Houston. Pleased that you are joining us wherever you are in the world, however you may be listening. Thank you for making us a part of your day. If you are someone who is making the choice to be happier and bringing more happiness into each and every day, we encourage you not only to keep listening to this podcast, that's very, very important, but also check out Live Happy Magazine. You can find it wherever magazines are sold. You can also get a digital edition and take it with you everywhere if you can access the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, which I think just about everybody can these days. Well, our guest this week is all about making healthier choices, and it might mean a warrior mindset as we head into the holiday season. Tony Amon is the executive vice president of Amon Clinics and a New York Times bestselling author of The Omni Diet. Her personal mission is to help people become warriors for their brains and bodies by arming them with the tools and knowledge to win the fight of their lives. Her new book, The Brain Warrior's Way, focuses on this warrior mindset when improving the health of your brain and and your body. So, Tana, I'm really happy that you're here today because I don't know that there's a better person out there to talk to us about holiday food than you. Uh, can you tell us a little bit, you know, as, as we come into the holiday season, we're thinking about food in the holidays, and most of the time we think about calories and weight gain, but can you put in perspective some of the other things that, that foods are doing for us and, and affecting us as, as we're consuming these holiday treats? You know, I can, and this is a really important point. So we say that it's a war for a reason, and warriors don't take the months of November and December off, and as soon as I say that, people get kind of upset and defensive, but if you just think about why for a minute, um, what people don't really realize, starting with Halloween, October 31st, we start this sugar binge, and then going into Thanksgiving and Christmas, and people just start eating massive amounts of food. In fact, on Thanksgiving Day, the average person is estimated to eat what a normal man eats in two days at one no. meal. Yes. At one meal? At one meal. And it gets worse than that. Christmas Day, see, I'm a nurse. I worked in a trauma unit. And what a lot of people don't know, Christmas Day is the number one day of the year for admissions to the hospital for heart attacks. Pretty scary statistic. So if you think about it, it's this perfect storm. We start at Halloween. We start eating a ton of inflammation-causing food, sugar. We drink more alcohol. We're eating a lot more calories. The weather changes. People aren't sleeping as much. There's a lot more stress. So with all of this combined, people who are vulnerable end up getting sick, like really sick. But see, it's people who are vulnerable that actually engage in that kind of behavior to begin <laughs> with. So it's a problem. 
And that's why we say warriors don't take the months of November and December off. We want you to change your mindset. And the first thing people think of is, well, then I'm going to be so deprived. I don't want to be a party pooper. Well, we are going to deprive you. We're going to deprive you of things like heart disease, diabetes, obesity, cancer, all of these things. But there is no suffering required when it comes to food, which is why I created this cookbook. It's really exciting, actually. I had heard the statistics about heart disease, or heart attacks on, on the holidays, on Christmas Day, but it had always been presented to me as being stress-related. Uh, part so, of it is stress-related, no question. But it's the combination. It's like this combination of what they think it is. They don't know exactly what it is. But we're, we're increasing our inflammation during that season. I mean, you just think about people are drinking more. They're eating more. They're eating more sugar. So the inflammation is already increasing. But it's also the weather. The weather is changing. People are traveling more. They're in different time zones. All of these things are going on, and they're not sleeping. And then on top of that, people think of Christmas as being this wonderful time of year when, in fact, a lot of us have a lot of stress financial problems or we've lost a loved one, whatever it is that's causing that stress. So when you combine all of that, see, we like to think of this concept of reserve. If you have a lot of reserve built up, you can withstand the stress. If you don't and you're, you're actually depleting your reserve, doing all of those other behaviors, that's when you get in trouble. And you mentioned sugar, and a lot of things go back to sugar. And can you talk about why it's so important to be aware of the sugar that we're taking in? Because... As we all know, this is, as you mentioned, the time when we are just bombarded with sweet, sugary snacks for two months. And why is it, it's not just about, again, the calories and the weight gain. What does sugar do to us? So sugar is extremely inflammation-causing. And what's bad for your brain is bad for your heart is bad for your hormones and your weight. What's good for your brain is good for your heart and your hormones and your weight, right? So when you are increasing inflammation in the rest of your body, which sugar does, it puts extra weight on you and increases inflammation. It increases um, what we call um, erratic brain cell firing. So it's actually not good for your brain either and your, your thinking. So all of those things begin to change with excess sugar. In fact, you know, it's increasing symptoms of ADD in children. 11% of all children are now diagnosed with ADD, and the way we eat contributes to that. It's not the whole picture, but it contributes to it. So all of those things combine. And during the holidays, we increase sugar so much that that's where we're increasing inflammation dramatically. And it's really bad for your brain. You know, I mean, two-thirds of America are obese or overweight, and 50%, like a staggering 50%, are either pre-diabetic or diabetic. Oh, my gosh. So sugar is not your friend in any, <laughs> in any way. But Even again, if it looks like a cute little gingerbread man? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And when we talk about overweight, it's not, you know, people think of it as a judgment. We're not being judgmental when we talk about, you know, obesity not being good for you. It's that it's not good for you. So we just want you to be healthy and optimize your best potential. And when you are, you know, fat cells are not innocuous. They actually hold toxins. They're not good for you. So this isn't actually a weight loss program. It's not a diet. It's just that weight loss is a stunning side effect. Well, and then also the moods that we have. And, you know, I know a lot of thin people that say, well, I can eat whatever I want. So they're only looking at the fact I'm not going to gain weight. But it still is affecting our moods. How, did, how Actually, is all the sugar and these bad things affecting our brain function and the moods that we are having? No question. Depression is up over 400%. So 
So, and women are much more affected by it than men. And again, it goes back to that erratic brain cell firing. It also increases your blood sugar so radically so quickly, and then what you get after that quick increase in blood sugar is a rapid decline. And it's when it falls that it's a problem. So that up and down, up and down. Plus it's addictive. Sugar is addictive. It works on the pleasure centers in your brain and the same place that morphine, cocaine, and heroin work, only sugar is eight times more addictive. So so it's you know, easier it's constantly to get, keeping so. you hooked. Yeah. It's constantly keeping you hooked. And it does increase mood disorders. It, it increases the symptoms. makes you more vulnerable. You know, and we, we talk a lot about don't eat this, don't eat that. We know all these things we shouldn't be touching. And that's the thing that I love about your cookbook because you're giving us alternatives and good alternatives. So, so as we look at the holidays, how can we improve the food choices and make them healthier? Well, my favorite quote is, let's not focus on what you can't do or what you can't have. Let's focus on what you can do and what you can have. So, for example... Thanksgiving. We come from a huge Lebanese family, and, you know, holidays are, <laughs> if you see the food that shows up, you know, but when we decided to be healthy, we knew we had to have a plan. So when we go over for the holidays, you know, my plate consisted of 70% plant-based foods, 30% high-quality protein. It doesn't change even if it's the holidays. A little bit of turkey, lots of veggies, a little bit of fruit, and then my daughter and I, for two days, we baked out of my new cookbook, and we made a whole bunch of desserts because not only did we want to make sure we had stuff so we weren't tempted, you know, by the fudge and all that stuff that was going to show up there, but we wanted to show other people and be an example. We wanted to show them, look, being healthy is not hard. It, there's no suffering. It's delicious. We made my sugarless cookies. She made some pecan cookies. I made lemon bars. Um, we made apple crisp. So all of these things that we were able to take over there that are super low glycemic, most of them have no added sugar or extreme, like two tablespoons of maple syrup for an entire batch at most. Oh, wow. So compare that to something that has two to three cups of sugar added, <laughs> right? But they yeah. taste great, and people are usually shocked. So, so there's no suffering. Yeah, yeah, and once you do that, can you address the, the fact that when you start eating that way, you, you do eliminate sugar, Yes, we do feel better, we lose weight, our brains are clearer, but your taste buds adapt and the way that you it taste does. food it does. changes. Right. So um, some, once someone in the family had made, we have a baker in the family, and she made something very special, and she wanted us to just take a bite. So, you know, I'm okay with that. We're not, we have a 95-5 rule. It's not like you have to be perfect. We don't expect anybody to be perfect. We know you're going to fall or you're going to take a bite here and there. Um, but my daughter and I took a bite of something that someone in the family had made, and you know, I, I didn't want to be rude, but for me, and my daughter, my daughter's 13, and she said to me, she walked away, she goes, Mom, it's not that it wasn't good. She goes, I can't eat it. It's way too sweet. This is a kid that, you know, used to push back so hard, and now she is a warrior. So now she eats like we do, and she's like, I can't believe I ever ate that stuff. You know, it's just once those taste buds change, everything tastes sweeter. A blueberry tastes sweeter because you're – it doesn't take long for your taste buds to go back to actually tasting things the way they should. It's just that our food is so adulterated that it actually desensitizes us. And when we do become desensitized, we need more and more of it to satisfy it. Is that correct? Right. We don't taste it. We, it's, like, it's like a drug. It's like heroin, morphine, or anything else, except that sugar is more addictive, and you now need let more me of it. 
And when you introduce these, the, the lemon bars and the different things at your holiday gathering, how did people respond? They were shocked. <laughs> they were surprised. They're always surprised because what they're surprised about is like, oh, I didn't realize you could have this stuff. So you don't just have to eat chicken and steamed broccoli. Well, I have a lot of ways you can make chicken and make it delicious. You know, I've got herb marinated chicken, citrus chicken. Yeah, you can have those things, but no, it doesn't have to be boring. You know, there's sweet potato, coconut flan, and, you know, I mean, there's so many ways to do it, and that's what I love doing. That's one of the gifts I think I've been given. Um, and if, believe me, if I can do it, anybody can. My husband teases me. He says that I went from disaster to master in the kitchen. I couldn't cook at <laughs> all when I met him. Not at all. But I've been very, very sick. So I had cancer several times. It was metastatic. And oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. So when I had my daughter, um, I was a really, really sick kid. I mean, for like a long time. And was always in and out of the hospital. Then I discovered that I had cancer that had metastasized, and I became extremely depressed. So when I got well, um, now I'm the healthiest I've ever been. But when I had a little girl, I realized not only does she have my genes, but I don't want her growing up in the same chaos trauma, drama, and lousy food environment that I grew up in. I want to leave a legacy of health. So back when I was learning this, you couldn't just run out and buy healthy food at some great, you know, juice bar or whatever. That, that just wasn't there. So I had to learn how to do this. And if I can do it, anybody can. And that's why the recipes are so simple. I mean, some of the recipes in this cookbook are like three to five ingredients. Oh, so, so I can do it. Right. It's by intention. <laughs> that's terrific. So, right. It's by design. Well, and in some ways, you mentioned it has the, these things have gotten more accessible, but in other ways, it's gotten gotten more difficult at the grocery stores because things have sugar in them that we never even imagined before. Like I, I picked up a jar of salsa and it had sugar in it. So almost all processed foods have sugar in them. So lunch meat has sugar. You gotta ask yourself why. Why does lunch meat have sugar in it? <laughs> but lunch meat has sugar in it. Uh, you know, almost every bread you pick up is gonna have sugar in it. Everything has sugar in it if it's processed, just about everything has sugar in it. So you've got to be really careful about that. You also, one of the most frustrating things, I think, are the confusing messages by the quote-unquote health food companies. That's where it gets really tricky because everyone is using this, you know, throwing this term around either gluten-free or organic or natural, mm -hmm. healthy this. If it says healthy on the package, you can almost guarantee that it's not. So that's like my, that is my warning to myself to check the label because the minute it says that, if it says organic cane sugar, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Sugar is sugar is sugar. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to get any sugar in life, but it shouldn't be one of those things you have in moderation. It should be one of those things you have in minimal amounts. I mean really minimal amounts. Moderation, it's like you don't do cocaine in moderation, right? It's a legal <laughs> controlled substance, right? It's a legal right. controlled substance. That's what sugar is. So in order to, for you to be able to control it without it controlling you, you need to be super smart about how you do it and keep it at a true minimum. And when you see healthy on a label or it says organic cane sugar, everyone thinks that's a green light. It's a license to just dump it in in massive amounts. Wow. And... And no matter what, it's still going to have that same inflammatory effect on us. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's natural or not. It's about increasing insulin. If it's increasing insulin and blood sugar, that's the problem. So, yeah, okay, maybe you're getting a slight benefit that you're not getting pesticides if it's organic. Okay, but you're still getting that 
blood sugar boost and that insulin rise, and that's not good for you. That's where the diabetes and all these things are coming from. So you, that's why it's good to not buy those packaged foods. You know, a lot of people like the saying, if, you know, if it's made in a plant, avoid it. If it grows on a plant, you can have it. Or if your grandmother wouldn't recognize it as food, those types of things. Um, you want to avoid things that have a lot of ingredients and opt for things more natural. And if you're going to use things like a little bit of maple syrup or a little bit of honey, you know, that's where I would probably make things at home because you know how much you're putting in. And it should mm-hmm. be very, very small amounts. Right. Right. And, and as we look at this, it's not just the foods, which they play a big part in this, but then we also have our friend Alcohol who is having a very good time during this time of year. He's <laughs> showing up at yes, a lot of parties. Is. And it is and so, wreaking havoc in your brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so what is it doing for, in terms of the, because it has sugar content, high sugar content, is that correct? Not just sugar. Yes, it does have a high sugar content. Um, it also is just not good for your brain, and everyone, you know, as soon as you say that, you know, believe me, I, I, when I met my husband, I was drinking a glass of wine a day because I had read this, all the studies everybody else read. <laughs> oh, it's good for me. It's a health food. It's not a health food. That study was actually sponsored by Mondavi, just so we're clear. Um, and if your doctor says that, it's because he likes his wine. Let's be clear. <laughs> it's not because it's a health food. It's not good for your brain. When I started seeing scans, I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to do that. Plus, especially for women, um, it increases your risk of 12 different types of cancers. If you drink every day, just one drink a day, every day, it increases your risk of 12 different types of cancers, and women are far more vulnerable. And that is not even taking into account how bad it is for your brain. So alcohol is not your friend, but the first thing people say is, well, how much can I actually have then? So we'll usually tell people, you know, as long as you're not having more than two normal-sized glasses of wine or two normal-sized drinks in a week, your body can pretty much recover from it. But let's make no mistake, it's not a health food. Mm-hmm. Well, and then during this time of year, though, it's saying that we're going to have two glasses of wine a week. A lot of people are probably giggling right now. <laughs> right, know, they laugh when they hear that. But there yeah. are strategies you can use if you really understand what it's doing to you, if you actually really care. And that's why we called this book The Brain Warrior's Way because it's a war. You have to have a warrior's mindset. And it's not just about you. So we use this acronym called MASTERY. So MASTERY stands for, the M is mindset. You've got to have that mindset. If you don't know your why, you'll never do your what. Like you said, people will laugh unless they really understand why they're doing it. A is assessment because you can't change what you don't measure. You've got to know, why you're, you know what you're trying to change. The S is sustenance. That's the food piece. You've got to eat like a warrior. The T is training. That's your daily habits. So we're going to plant those daily habits in your life, that, the small things that lead you to success. E, E is one of my favorite parts. E is essence. That is turning your pain into purpose. If you're like me, if you've been really sick or you've taken care of someone really sick or you've had a traumatic experience in your life, this is power. You don't have to believe your story the way it was written. You get to rewrite it and share it with other people and transform pain into purpose. And R is responsibility. That is because it's not about you. It's about generations of you. And if you don't want to be a burden to the people you love, it's a serious thing. And then why is years long? So we don't want to lie to anybody and tell people, you know, this is another two-week program or a four-hour this or a whatever the latest <laughs> that is. Because if, if there's another gimmick, it sets people up not only to fail, 
it hurts their metabolism more, makes it harder the next time, but gimmicks do not lead to success. We want to teach people how to do this forever, and if it's going to last forever, it can't be a gimmick. There's no special thing they have to buy. It's and it gets easier after they've done it, right? You know, it's, it might sound really challenging at first, but once you start eating this way, it really becomes second nature, doesn't it? You know, it's why we like the, the metaphor of the warrior. So I have two black belts, and I practice martial arts, and I absolutely love it. For me, it's symbolic of overcoming and of never giving up, and especially after some of the things I've been through in life. I like feeling like a warrior and feeling empowered. If I had gotten my black belt in two weeks, I wouldn't respect it, mm -hmm. right? So I had to work really hard. The second one, I had to, it took me six years. It was at a place that was really intense. So initially I felt really awkward. I just couldn't get it. It felt really strange, and I wanted to give up at one point, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to roll with this, what they tell me to do. And then pretty soon it's second nature, and that's what you're looking for. So we use this, this acronym PMS. I know it's kind of funny, but um, it's, first it's primitive, then it's mechanical, and then it becomes spontaneous. And you're looking for that spontaneous stage, and that's why we say years long. And it takes, you know, we did a six-month class for free online, and we had over 20,000 people enroll, and the results were astounding. And the reason we did it for a minimum of six months was because we know it takes time for it to feel natural. Right. And then and, it's fun. And so how long has it been, how many years have you been eating this way? So, you know, I unfortunately am one of those people who went to extremes for a long time. So after being really sick, I started working out when I was really young. And I thought at first, oh, I get to eat what I want because I work out really hard. So I was beating my body up for hours every day in the gym. It wasn't overweight, but I was beating my body up and then eating what I wanted. Then I would go to these extremes. Okay, I'm going to go to the far extreme of veganism, but, of course, French fries were vegan. Um, and then I was going to go to the far other far end of, you know, caveman and eat really high amounts of protein. And I tried everything, all of which were considered, quote, unquote, healthy, right? Mm -hmm. So I tried all these different extremes before I realized, okay, the extremes don't usually suit most people. Um, so, it, and it doesn't matter to me if you're vegan, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not about food philosophy. We're going to help you optimize your numbers. But we want people to understand what, what healthy is. And that's why we get your numbers checked. And if you're vegan, that's okay. But know how to do vegan for real. Know how to do it in a healthy way. If you're a caveman, okay. But know how to do that really healthy. So I went to those extremes doing whatever was considered the latest quote-unquote healthy fad, and I've been doing that for a long time. When I finally found my, uh, my way was, again, about the time my daughter was born is when I really got serious. I was diagnosed again with cancer, and it had recurred again, and I was devastated. I thought I had beat it, and that was about the time that I went, I need to become my own best health advocate. I had, was put on nine different medications and taking medications to manage the side effects of medications, and I just hit rock bottom. And I went, there's got to be a better way, and I went on this crusade to get myself healthy. So writing these books didn't start off as a way for me to share my knowledge. It started off as a way for me to get well. Incredible. And now as we do look at the holidays, what's going to be on your table for Christmas, and what are some of the things that people could do differently at their Christmas dinner this year? Oh, you bet. So I have a whole holiday meal plan in the book, and it teaches people how to deal with, uh, you know, well-meaning food pushers. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Family <laughs> members who, who want to just shove food down your throat. 
Um, it, it teaches you how to do it, but it also has my favorite recipes. So I've got a marinated turkey recipe. Um, we will always have about 70% plant-based foods. So things like clever, excuse me, clever kale slaw. I have a holiday stuffing, and I have a vegan version and a caveman version of that. I have a guiltless gravy recipe. Then I have some things that are very holiday specific, like pumpkin herb biscuits or pumpkin muffins, sugarless cookies that you can actually make the shapes with, you know, your, your kids, if you're going to bake with your kids. Um, my husband's favorite is my two-ingredient nutty butter cups. They're like peanut butter cups, oh, wow. but they're not peanut butter cups. So they're very, very healthy, and they're two ingredients, and they're super easy. And lemon squares. We all love lemon squares. But I've got about, my gosh, almost 20 dessert recipes, and that doesn't include all the holiday-specific recipes as well. And then there's a bunch of yam and sweet potato recipes too. Yeah, so we can still we can have a nice healthy holiday meal, but we can still have our favorites just in a different form. Oh, of course. You just don't need to drown them in you know <laughs> brown sugar, and you know they still taste delicious. Actually, they're amazing in their natural form, sprinkled with a little cinnamon, and and it's easier. That's the good for me. That's the amazing part. It's actually easier. Right, and this is too a great way. So many people start the new year with their resolutions, and they figure kind of Christmas and through New Year's Eve is their last hurrah to get all the bad stuff in before they start living clean. So this is a great way to kickstart that early, to start having a really healthy holiday feast and gear up for whatever your plans are to improve your, your food choices in the new year. Yeah, it's really fun. We actually started one of our weight loss groups um, we don't even call them weight loss groups anymore, but we at one time had weight loss groups, and we started it before, right during the holidays. The average weight loss was 10 pounds. Um, so we want people to start thinking differently. It's like, why would you do well during the year and then suddenly give up for two months out of the year? That's not a warrior mindset. That is like, that's like an abusive relationship that you keep going back to, and I want people to think of it that way. We want you to think of it like an abusive relationship. People are like, but I love it. I can't give it up. And it reminds me of women that I know who keep going back to bad relationships where they're just getting beat up. It's like, really? <laughs> Why are you yeah, doing do you that? See what this is doing Get some to help. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, we want you, to, we want you to love things that love you back, number one. And number two, I always think of it this way as a parent. I'm constantly talking to my daughter about making good decisions and not doing things and giving into peer pressure, not doing things because everyone else is doing it, not being a sheep, right, thinking for herself. And if I sit there and go, okay, but during the months of November and December, I'm going to do what everyone else is doing because I don't want to be a party pooper, kids don't do what you say they do what you do. Mm-hmm. So I'm a bad example. And she's going to think to herself, well, my mom does you know, does what feels good, even though it's not good for her, because she doesn't want to be a party pooper. That's peer pressure. That's a great perspective. That's a great way to look at that. Yeah, I really appreciate you being with us today, and I know that people are getting something different for their holidays in mind right now. Any parting words of how we can make it through this and switch gears? I would like to leave people with a quote that's my favorite quote in martial arts. And that is, um, there is a monk, and he's training in martial arts with his master. And he says, Master, why do you teach me to fight but speak of peace? And the master replies, because it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. 
And we just want you to have a warrior mindset as you go into this, and it doesn't mean you have to fight. In fact, if you're well-trained, you can avoid the fight altogether. But you can't show up on fight day and expect to start training then because you will lose. You've got to train in advance, know what you're doing, and have a warrior mindset. And whatever you're going through, you have no idea how that can be used to not only transform your life, but someone else's if you allow that pain to be used in a purposeful way. If you'd like a free sketch note of this episode and to get some of the recipes for her favorite healthy treats, Tanya's that is, not, well, anybody's favorite treats really, you can go to livehappynow.com. And make sure to tune in next week as we're joined by Janella McIntyre, who will give us five steps to reducing stress, something that we might all need this holiday season. If there's anything you took away from this podcast or anything you want to add to the conversation, please feel free to reach out. You can find us at livehappy on Twitter, facebook.com slash livehappy, or you can just send us an email, podcast at livehappy.com. For everyone here at Live Happy Magazine, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long and thank you for helping us to live happy.